You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Ali Ruhafsa, CEO and co-founder of Altered Carbon. I've done tons of episodes over the last number of years, and this is one of the most interesting episodes I have done. Um, Altered Carbon is a digital vapor detection company. So we're talking about smell, sensors that can detect and understand different smells. So we broke this down into everything. I learned so much. I learned a ton about how the human nose works and how they were able to kind of break that understanding down into technology um, that, that can allow different use cases and applications in the IoT space become even more enabled than they were before. So we're talking about what the technology is. We break down kind of where the technology is going, the challenges in building something kind of new uh, like this, and also just the general application of of how this kind of plays a role in the IoT space and in many different industries. So I definitely recommend listening to this entire episode. It's super fascinating. But before we get into that, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white-label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Ali, to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, this is um, this is definitely going to be one of the more unique conversations with the technology that you all have developed. So I'm definitely I'm excited to really get into it here. Um, why don't we start off by just having you give a quick introduction about yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Ali Rahafsa. I'm from a company called Altered Carbon. I'm the CEO at the moment. And we're working on a new technology that uses... Um, basically sensors to basically distinguish smells. So create fingerprints of different smells and we create this library of them and be able to trigger uh, scenarios and indicate uh, what's happening. So I've been working in uh, with some of my business partners for years now. So it's been about five to six years and we work in the Bristol Robotics Laboratory. So we're an offshoot from the university. Fantastic. So um, tell me a little bit about the founding story of the company kind of where this came from, how this even got started. I mean, when we're talking about, we talk about sensors a lot and different types of things you can track and monitor, but talking about smell and scent is something that we have definitely not covered. So I'm curious just how this all originated um, and kind of got to where it is today. Yeah, sure. This is a funny story, actually. So we were, so we were, me uh, and my other two business partners, we were in our last year of uh, university at UWE in Bristol and we were basically doing an internship for this company building little robot uh, educational robots for kids so teaching them how to code really interesting stuff and we constantly talked about uh, starting our own business and this is where all three of us met and what we started off from was kind of trying to figure out what we really wanted to do and one of the areas was air quality we wanted to detect what was around us what was happening And so we got put in this tiny office. It was completely free, so we would never complain. But we got put in this office, uh, and right next to it was a building site. So every every other day we would come in, there would be lots of, like, dust and particles and everything in the air. And we kept complaining about it, but had no way of showing what was happening. So this is where we started to develop this technology, being like, we'll prove what's happening to you kind of scenario. 
and through that developing it we just got to understand the area much better understand what people wanted to understand about it and not so like uh, a lot of interesting stuff was the air quality is a big problem but um actually like if you just tell people that it's bad then that's not a solution mm -hmm. you need to tell right. them also what to do and be like okay well if you have these plants or if you have this air filter or this scenario then it could solve your problem but if i just said your air is polluted then there's nothing for you to do so that was one of our big uh kind of learning curves we had so we were buying mm -hmm. off-the-shelf sensors uh from other companies putting them together in development kits and building that and then okay. that's where we went into building loads of communication devices wow that's super interesting so then t tell me a little bit about going from there to where you are now um with the role the company's playing in iot and kind of your overall focus so yeah, um, where we've gone from there is, uh, so we developed a kind of communication-based products after that, because we kind okay. of didn't like how the sensors were working at the time. Uh, and we found it really hard to work with, with some of them. So we went, let's build the communication first. Let's figure out how to like speak from one sensor to another. So we developed mm -hmm. a few IT products that we sold around the world, um, one called IronLink, and we developed those for a process and then kind of a really amazing lucky accident came up with um came up against graphene so it's this wonder material really amazing 2d uh material that's been kind of realized but not actually used that much um in actual technology so loads of papers loads of people speaking about it but not actual commercial usage yet so we were actually testing for batteries uh testing to find out if we could make batteries out of it and suddenly realized that actually we built sensors and we picked up things that were going around the space. So people using um, certain chemicals in our labs or anything, the scent, it would pick it up and we would see actual uh, changes in this, the values that we were seeing. So we realized that we'd made a sensor. And so we started developing that and that's where Altered Carbon was born. And that's what wow. we have now. Okay. Fantastic. So, so talk to me a little bit more about the technology itself. So when we're talking about smell, scent, different things that you can kind of build these, these profiles, how is that being, I guess for a lot of people, they're probably just unsure of how that even works, let alone how this is applied and what it's used for. So maybe you got to bring this full circle and talk a little bit more about the applications here. Same. It took loads of research and loads of understanding <laughs> even about biology. Like I've had yeah. to go down so many different routes to understand it, even how it works. So uh, other like a lot of centers do a similar uh, type of work. But what we did was kind of replicate how the nose works. So you have loads of receptors in your nose and they pick mm -hmm. up different particles. And when one p picks up one particle and another one picks up another, it combines in your brain to make a memory. OK, so that's how kind of your nose on a really basic low down level. So I don't want any uh, sure. people to come back. <laughs> really low down level. That's how it works. And, yeah. But we have like thousands of thousands of receptors and they're multiplied millions of times. A dog has way more, like 10 to 100 times more than oh, us. That's okay. why I can smell more distincting, uh, like basically distinguishing between certain things. Right. So what we built is these receptors. Each one is different and there's an array of them and these receptors give out different signals compared to what um kind of outside influence it takes so if you imagine mm -hmm. um like the smell of someone or the smell of a situation or the smell of popcorn each of them have a distinguishing factor and each sure. of it will hit these receptors in a different way and we basically make a memory so we make this digital fingerprint which is like a memory of it and we store it and then we have a mm -hmm. basically 
algorithms that kind of track and go back to it and go, okay, this is this, this is this, and mm -hmm. use that as a referencing. Gotcha. And and how are you determining which kind of um, smell profiles or you know the these uh, memories that you're creating? Are you just kind of building an inventory, or is this out of demand from use cases that you're involved in or customers that you work with? So it's, uh, it's a bit of both. Certain parts we had interest okay. in already, and certain okay. parts were uh, uh, clients actually coming up being like, this is our problem. So we've been, because we, as I said, we were working in the gas sensing industry for probably five to seven years right, now. Right, right. So we had uh, problems ourselves and clients that would want to use some of the sensors, but had certain issues with them working in certain ways or kind of said, I want to detect this, but I also need this uh, to be detected because that's an issue we go through. So we kind of right. developed on that. But our favorite area that always came around was around detecting when food was going to be spoiled, when it was going to go off, because um, it's a really big focus of ours because we think it's really important. It's like we have enough resources to kind of feed everyone in the world, but the way it gets used is really bad. So okay. how items are shipped from one area to another and how it's right. lost uh, like loads of it is lost in transit or loads of it's lost in shelf life or anything like that so right. by putting sensors in that area we would be reducing that and so this is where right. our main focus has been but as i said there's other people that come up and say we also have this issue uh right. we also need to uh, detect if uh someone's transporting something they shouldn't do or if mm. uh this chemical is exactly what it says on the tin or can you fingerprint something that's happening outside in the real world so the right. our favorite area is food but we also are focusing in different areas and testing those scenarios and building a database as we grow so the more we build yeah. more of a map we'll make so are these sensors um customizable to all these use cases or when you buy one of these and you you deploy it it has the entire library of of the the different profiles that you built um, in them, and you can kind of and it'll and it'll access whatever you kind of tell it to. So that's a good way. Uh, so how our one works is this one chip that you okay. may have different versions of, but the main thing is there's one chip, and you can download uh, when wow. you connect online different profiles to it, and you can have like distinguishing profiles up to. At the moment, we may have like five to 10 different profiles on one, but because uh, it's machine learning, the more profiles yeah. you put on a certain scenario, the more it may find it hard to distinguish between those. So if you put a mm. thousand different profiles on it, then it may find it hard, but you can maybe have the same chip go into an environment, say you want to distinguish between these five or 10 and then have the same right. chip downloading another profile on it and being like this is used for chemical sensing and this is used for food sensing and this is used for this so the same chip can do all of them but you just download different profiles on top of it now when and you're installing you learn, sorry go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say as we learn we can add these and update uh clients right. with these new profiles and they can just go online and say oh that's really interesting we can use this for our business and they can download mm -hmm. that profile on top so what does the device look like as far as like you're putting these chips into some kind of piece of some kind of sensor, right? So what what yeah. is what makes those unique compared to, you know, I know we talk a lot about asset tracking sensors and things like that. There must be some kind of components that make it allow to really pick up the um, the different pieces coming into it to, to, to match and kind of work the correct way that um, the profiles are looking for the information. Yeah, so imagine we use graphene. Um, so our sensors okay. are basically... Um, 
they're really tiny and really flat. So they can go okay. in between stuff, go into cases of stuff. They can actually be shaped into certain scenarios as well that we've been working on. And because of the graphene, graphene is like a scaffolding. We add stuff in between this scaffolding. Mm -hmm. And okay. this is what picks up uh, some of the kind of um, the gases that we want to sense in a way. Gotcha. So one of the okay. unique things is we're, we use basically virtually no power. So as a sensor itself, normally uh, they take quite a bit of power. So you need large battery systems. So for more remote applications, it's quite right. hard to use. So we actually right. fit that need. And also because it's flat, if you have a tiny device that will fit on top of a person, like a badge or something like that, you can't mm. have a large sensor or on a phone. Sure. You don't have a lot of real estate to work with and a lot yeah. of space. So you need things to be either completely flat well, not completely, there's always going to be a little bit, but sure, as flat sure. as possible um, and just larger surface areas that you can have on the back of a phone or you need it to be very tiny, like a little bit high. But that's what you're working with. So we've built something that's okay. kind of fits those needs in a really good way. So you can mold it yeah. around a case or mold it around even this water bottle in a way to detect if there's contaminants or certain scenarios sure. like that. And the last question I have before we transition to a different topic here is, What's the range of this? So how, how far or how close does this need to be to something? Like obviously when you're talking about shipping containers or um, um, storage, you can, you know, the sensor is relatively close. But are there ever use cases where they're looking to potentially um, do some or I guess um, evaluate something that's a little bit further away? Or is there kind of limits to this because of the way air moves and, and things like that? Yeah, so that, there'll be a limit to the thing you're trying to detect, really. Okay. So the thing, uh, certain gases are heavier, certain gases are lighter. So outside or indoors will change that. So certain things will basically, if the gas comes out because it's heavier or lighter, it will go up or down. And so if your sensor is put in a certain position, then it may not be able to pick it up. But what we're working on is we've made our sensor very cost effective. So sure. you can have a large amount of them in the same space. So in a normal, normal sensor, you would have one in the middle of the room, like a fire detector that we have one up here. Our one, we would like, I don't know, 10 or 20 in a room. And then mm. you'd be able to locate a certain scenario of what happens in square number 56 and okay. go, this is okay. where the problem occurred. This is where it traveled to. And this is where it ended up. So okay. we're going on this different understanding of like um, kind of it's called massive sensing, but I've meant as in mass sensing, as in like uh, a lot of sensors in an environment being able right. to locate certain scenarios of what happens. Wow. Okay. Well, this has been a great kind of overview of, of what you're going, what you, what you have going on. I, when I first looked into it, it was, you know, anytime you talk about scent and smell, that's something that people don't have never really explored and, and really yeah. done a lot with in the IoT space. So the fact that you are kind of venturing down this, there's definitely a ton of applications this applies to. So, so that breakdown, I think, hopefully educates our audience a little bit on what's possible. Um, yeah. and, and obviously, this is very new, right? And you talked a little bit about the work you had to do on the research side to really understand like how the human nose works to kind of build from from that understanding um, and how scent profiles works and things like that. But just from a general standpoint, anytime there's you know new technologies, there's always a challenge of bringing them to market. And I'd love to kind of hear a little bit from your perspective, what some of the challenges were when you were bringing this to market to where it is now and advice on, um, and I guess the idea would be for those learnings to kind of provide some good advice for people out there that maybe are venturing down a path of something that's relatively new on how to kind of overcome those common obstacles yes of course so um 
uh, actually a lot of our obstacles were around um, with sensors definitely it's like testing a large amount of them to see how viable it is for that sensor sure. to be like mass produced so we could send we could detect like a small amount of them uh, okay and then say yeah we know that it will pick up this gas but then a client would go well how would this work on if we printed uh, if we made a hundred thousand of your sensors or something like that so we would have to go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, so we have to design an experiment completely differently to how you first do some early testing of your work to how you actually make it for something that would be produced and used externally. And we kind of had to develop a whole new, basically a whole new section of IP around how we test right. our sensors and how we develop all this scenario of like um, sensors that you need to test like thousands and thousands of elements at once in a particular way against so many different gases a scenario so building these training models and everything was really difficult and we spoke to so many different people around the idea of how that would work and what they would want as clients so what is important to them um, you really need to focus on that because it's not just about okay. what you want and of what the client wants and what their needs are because sometimes some sensors, uh, what they did was they would just give you a standardized method and go, this is uh, this is the testing we've done. And then we looked over loads to see if there's a standard method and there wasn't. So you kind of have to build it yourself, especially okay. in our area. Right. And one thing I've thought about, and this is obviously a common question that a lot of companies battle with, is the educational component. So how did you go about educating the market and then also customers when you talk to them about how this not only works but the value it provides so we had to build our own language honestly okay. Uh, okay. so we uh over time we basically built um so certain words have bad connotations or uh we'll say what we want to say but doesn't mean exactly around we'll we'll give people a bad uh, idea or something so we've had to mm -hmm. change certain things from what we used to use to scent or uh, describing how we describe it. So I have this way of describing it to people. It's like, imagine your phone, it has a camera, it has speakers, it has, mm -hmm. uh, and these are your sensors. And what we're building is a sense of smell for your digital devices and for your computer. And that took a very long time, even though it's really simplistic, but like to get to that simple way of explaining it to people that everyone will understand compared to I could back in the days explain it in a more scientific way, but not doesn't mean everyone would understand what we mean. Right. So it's like the language is one of the hardest things to focus sure. around your market and who you're actually going for and like who you're focusing on. Well, I will say that through this conversation, you've been able to very clearly articulate kind of how it works. And I think, you know, I'm sure that's probably even come a long way in, in through yeah, your research yeah. and, and, and how you found what resonated with people from a, even just a general sense, because even just friends saying, Hey, what do you do? And you're trying to explain to them, you're building sensors to detect different, you know, smells and scents. I mean, I'm sure that just opens up a whole different can of questions. So, exactly. um, <laughs> so with the understanding, we'll ask completely different questions as well. So that's really interesting. Oh, 100%. They'll poke yeah. holes in, in areas where you have to yeah. learn and uh, be like, wait a second, we don't actually think of that. That's really interesting. But yeah. That's why it's good. We have a really diverse team. So, Oh, great. Yeah. Come from like sometimes different backgrounds, which is really good. Some from robotics, some of them from embedded system to business to communications and media. And so yeah. together we can come up with solutions that 
if you had a team that all thought the same wouldn't. So sometimes we can help each other and benefit from a, a someone. Yeah. Like sometimes someone doesn't understand coding, but they could still help a coder sort of mm -hmm. thing. Totally get it. Um, so one of the last questions I want to ask you before we wrap up here is just talk about, you know, this is a new area of focus for not just the podcast, but I think for the industry as a whole in many senses. Um, no pun intended. But what um, what does the future of this look like? Like where does this go? How does this get involved with, you know, maybe in the medical field with infectious diseases in, in people? You know, I'm sure it, it plays into the agriculture field. You know, where do you kind of see this going and see this evolving um, into over the, the coming months to years, just because it feels like it's a new area that is, um, you know, is, yeah. it could be very popular. So uh, that's really good because we're, we're basically looking for partners in these uh, really interesting areas you mentioned as well. It's like um, vertical farming, agricultural areas, really interesting mm. one because we imagine in the future we can detect things from pesticides to illness in uh, mm. certain plants like fungal infections, stuff like that, that right. basically decimate crops to yeah. um, even detecting like fires before they actually occur. So like you can detect if you're, if your computer starts getting hotter than it should and it's about to like go off like there's all these indications of smells being released before it actually goes so instead of waiting until fire happens you can actually indicate way before we imagine this technology being spread out through so many different industries to actually basically learn from your environment and learn from their surroundings and to be input with data like being like a reward-based system where it learns oh, there's an anomaly, you should maybe have a look at this. And then you say, right. oh, something was wrong or right. And this could be implemented in so many areas. So we did a project with uh, Yui on detecting like different infections and wounds. And these bacteria aren't bad bacteria, but when they get over a certain amount, uh, so like they grow to a certain amount, oh, then they can become infectious and they can become bad. And so just uh, detecting those and doing those situations we hope in the future that we could use it in military medical application mm. food um so many different areas you can imagine right. it could be put into any sort of environment that uses smells or um, has that indication there's a project someone did that they can detect um so they have dogs that can detect diabetes and cancer just through smell so if you imagine we could potentially train our scenario to anything that a dog could do yeah. in a similar environment right. So, so then I guess I was actually going to ask you about dogs um, as a follow-up question. When you have like drug sniffing dogs and things like that, is that, is that something that their noses are more sophisticated to be able to pick those up? And that's something that it's, is that possible for a sensor to be able to replicate and also do at a maybe larger scale if, you know, they can't have endless amount of dogs doing um, drug sniffing at, at uh, airports yeah. and different areas? Uh, yeah, it's definitely... It is definitely something the technology can do. Um, okay. As I said, the focus we have is more around the food area, and that's our main focus. But yes, of course, the sensor can do um, majority of the stuff. So scent, okay. scent-based stuff like uh, detecting drugs, anything that releases a smell. Okay. They, that's how they pick it up. They smell those particles in the air, and they can pick that up. And we can be trained to do that. A dog can only pick up a couple. They can be trained to pick up multiple, but at a yeah. time when going out they'll give them an item and they say find me something similar to that so we okay. would be doing that similar training scenario gotcha and uh, this is maybe a little bit of a tangent here but um 
So what about the opposite side of this? And this is something I think I'm sure people have thought about is, is there a way to create something and this may may not be directly connected but because you're building these sem profiles and you understand the makeup of them um is there a way to kind of have this go the opposite way and create something that pushes out a certain scent based on like through technology you know like your computer you're reading something and like oh you're watching a cooking show and they can make it smell like what the show is actually like what they're cooking in the in the in the video so there would be, in the future, there will definitely be a way of translating it. And there's a few companies okay. that are on our radar that basically make these, uh, basically scents in bottles. It's like a tincture sort of style mm. scent mm. Uh, that are like mixture of certain flavors like blueberry and lemon and stuff like that. Sure. And you could, in theory, as a base material, build something that would like spray a few different scents and mix them together to make okay. a profile that you could have maybe on your desk, on your computer, and we could take it in from one end of the signal and then translate mm. it to their device. Yeah. So that's definitely a cool. future idea that could happen. And we have a few okay. companies on radar that we're really interested in working with. Fantastic. Well, this conversation has been great. It's been one of my favorites that I've had in, in a while. Um, anything that kind of probes that curiosity is is always a good thing to talk about and if anybody out there kind of wants to learn more has questions you know just trying to as follow-up what, what's the best way to learn and, so, and, and engage uh so yeah you can either just contact us uh it's alter-carbon.com and go on our website or uh there is so there's loads of work being done around this and just learning about scent is a really interesting area. So yeah. uh, just learning like how important as a, even a human sensor is uh, for us building memories and losing that can relate to loads of yep. uh, issues later in life. So learning about this is a really good thing. I think people should do, yep. and you can either come to us or there's loads of university studies and everything that goes along with it. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, come and see us whenever you want at the Bristol Robotics Laboratory. Sounds good. Well, well, thanks so much for your time. This has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate you being here. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.